Hello and welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning no matter by how little or by how much. I am your first time host of, in in the power chair, obviously, uh, Jerwin Wolf. Uh, I got sick and tired of not being allowed to say anything in the opening, so I kicked Jake out. And uh, yeah, Jake is out this week, uh, but filling in very generously, the Dean himself, Jordan Walk of the Walk Institute of Research. Jordan, how are you doing? How, how are you feeling about the season so far? Thank you for having me on, Jerwin. I'm excited to be here. I'm feeling good about the season so far. Good, good, good. Wonderful times. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into things. We've got uh, matchups to to recap, matchups to preview, and the main segments this week. We've got two uh, special monthly recurring segments that we're going to introduce approximately monthly. Uh, we're going to do uh, bring back Jerry's deep dive from the couple times that I submitted some uh, some fun stats uh, to the podcast last season, if we remember. Uh, and we got a special uh, bonus uh, segment for you this week as well, and we'll get into that later. But first, uh, let's dive into the week four matchups and see who beat who. First up, we've got Jake beating Sam, uh, 254.2. Does Jake read the scores? I don't think he reads the scores. I don't think he reads the scores. <laughs> oh, well. I'll, well, we'll skip the scores, and uh, if that's a mistake, then then I guess I'm just banished from the power chair from now on. Anyways. Uh, Jake beats Sam last week, and then we have Scott beating league villain Nick Andres. Uh Nate over Jordan, and I'm sure we'll touch on that matchup a little bit by a razor-thin margin pending stat corrections on that one. Uh, and then Eddie takes down Nick Lee. Mike obliterated me as... I, I gave up on like Tuesday on that one. Uh, JC took down Brendan, and last week's median was 237.95 points. Pretty, pretty decent uh, margin for that one. So let's go ahead and do some takeaways from last week. Jordan, uh, how about you go first with yours? Uh, I, I wrote down that the old money rivalry stole the show. We have the new money rivalry with, with you and Brendan, but I think that uh, Nate and I really just overshadowed that performance from when you guys were on a couple weeks ago. It was a nail-biter that had everything you could ask for. Rain postponing games, guys sent down to the minor leagues midweek, a huge comeback and a big-time steal to end it. Nobody does it like Nate and I do. Throughout the years, we have had the best matchups year in and year out. Who could forget the Giancarlo Golden Sombrero on Sunday Night Baseball in 2018? Who could forget the bet of who would finish higher in the standings in 2019? The epic matchup in last year's playoffs, and now Freddie Freeman has etched his name in the history of this rivalry with the uncontested steal at the end of his game on Sunday. Yeah, it, was, I got uh, it. it was one of those matchups where after I saw that I had laws, I just 
kept going back to the app to see if there was any sort of stat correction, but sadly one never came. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. I was, I was upset. Not that Nate won. I would have been upset if you had won. I was just upset that it was such a great rivalry matchup just two weeks after, after Brennan and I had ours. And that even was a pretty good finish, but it, it pales in comparison. And I mean, yours was much higher scoring. Yeah, it was it was just all around. You know, I, I think Jake declared the old rivalries dead, but I, I think we can see that that's just not the case. Yeah, I, uh, I I totally agree. Nate and I just continue to just put on a show. I mean, the trash talking has gone down a little bit, but the product on the field continues to be at an elite level. It's it's reached a level of respect, and that's and that's what you love to see. Yeah. I'll go ahead and do my takeaways. I've got two big ones. Uh, the first is that uh, the picture of the season is starting to clear up. We have a real idea now of who the teams to beat are and what teams are most likely to beat them. Uh, these are the league narratives now and not just early reactions. We're past the month mark where things are starting to follow more of a pattern uh, than, you know, just one week into the year. And speaking of narratives, my second point, uh, I'd like to touch on this again. I think we sort of mentioned it on last week's episode, kind of talked about here and there, but uh, to paraphrase Friedrich Nietzsche, the trade market is dead and we have killed it. It's it's been weird looking at the the trade feed this season. Uh, I just I we have two trades to talk about this week, so that's something, and probably the most interesting trade to talk about so far this season. But there just haven't been very many. I'm seeing five total here, and I a lot of them are just kind of snoozers so i don't know i don't know what's going on i don't know you know i personally i am not trading much because i think my team is likely to improve on its own i think i've got guys like manny machado who should do better i don't know if other teams are feeling the same way about their players it's it's baffling to me where i'm used to so much action especially after the trade limit was abolished that this this is just such a weird place to be early in the year with so few trades yeah i i totally agree i mean i've been um i've talked to people about it i i've i felt like i've been close to a deal a couple times and just nothing's gone through i feel like once a big name player gets shipped off then that's just going to open the floodgates but um i mean i think i mean mike is as we know by far the biggest trader maybe the fact that his team is really good this year is making him not want to make as many trades because he sees the fact that he has a really good team and doesn't want to um alter it at all but i i don't know what it is but it's it kind of it kind of feels like you're walking on ice when you don't know when the first big move is going to be made. Yeah, very, very strange indeed. I think that that could account for a lot of it where Mike is just happy with his team and as one of the biggest traders, he's 
he just doesn't see the need. So I, I could see it being both ways, like people who are typically big on making trades or just happy with their team, or they're, you know, unhappy but expecting better in the future. It, it could be a lot of stuff. Still, very, very weird, but very interesting to me. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the standings update. We'll first look to the east at number one, uh, No Money Mike at seven and one. Number two, uh, tied with him, but losing out on the points tiebreaker, JC and company also at seven one. And then nipping at their heels, Jake's fantasy baseball team at six and two. Uh, in the West, we have number one, uh, Team Ebanon seven and one at number two. A bit behind is Team C Deemer at four and four. And then after a brief tenure in the top three, uh Jordan surpassed my team, the uh the mighty vibes, and takes it over the three spot, the Walk Institute of Research at three and five, uh beating me out on scoring jordan any any reaction reactions to the standing so far i mean being under 500 but being in third place obviously feels good but you know jerwin i'm glad that you said the team names because i have criticized jake for not doing that because i was thinking about it and you don't say bob nutting is in first place right now you say the pirates are in first place right now so thank you for giving credit to the team not just the owner yeah, and I don't think anyone would give Bob Nutting credit for anything ever. Absolutely so not. That's, yeah. All right, moving on to the two trades that we had this week. We'll start with the the larger of the two. Uh, Brendan trades Ty France, Kyle Wright, and Luis Robert. I always want to say Robert. That just it feels like it fits. He sounds like he should have a French name. But... Uh, on the other side, Mike trades Alex Cobb, Christian Walker, Lucas Giolito, and Estuary Ruiz. Jordan, thoughts? I had Brendan as the winner of this trade, mainly um, the fact that he's getting two better pitchers back for Kyle Wright. Um, we, we've talked about how much that pitching staff is struggling. So being able to um, trade out an expendable arm and get two slightly more reliable arms in my opinion um is a huge benefit to him um and he's not really losing a ton of production on his offense um so i gave i gave brendan the win on this one yeah i think i think i would do the same for the same reasons brendan just needs a change of scenery on his pitching staff so desperately so far this year i think overall like I, I think this one is probably the most interesting trade we've had so so far this year, but I just, I'm still not all that interested in a lot of these players. Like the guys who have had good starts, like Ty France, um, Estuary Ruiz has heated up a bit lately. Alex Cobb obviously had a great week last week, but they're kind of, yeah, I don't know that I buy it from them. I don't know that it's sustainable. Um, Lucas Giolito, I've always loved, but he's not who he used to be. But yeah, uh, again, I don't think 
this is this is not that icebreaker trade where a huge name is moving, but definitely Brendan, I think in both these trades that we're going to talk about, did what was necessary to improve the the situation on his pitching staff. Uh, so, as alluded to, Brendan made another trade uh, this week. Uh, he traded away Jose Barrios to Nate, who gave up Merrill Kelly and Tanner Houck. Uh, Jordan, I'll let you go again uh, with your initial thoughts. Well, well, first, I want to add that Nate doing this two for one um, allowed him to activate Bryce Harper. Um, so, I mean, really, we could say that Nate gained Jose Burrios and Bryce Harper from this trade. Um, but just looking at the three players, I had Brandon Wynn um, on this one because he got rid of Jose Burrios. Um, as we saw last night, we're recording on on Tuesday had a negative outing. Um, but, and I also just value Merrill Kelly and Tanner Houck a little bit more. And the fact that I'm getting two guys that are slightly better than Jose Barrios. I don't know. I just don't. Jose Barrios every single year has that one start where he's really good. And I think that he had that start um, not too long ago. I think he had like, let me look at like a, a start where he got like 30 points or something. Yeah, it was like a um, handful of days before this trade, I think. Yeah, he had his 30-point start um, against the White Sox, and I, he, he does it every single April, May, where he has one start where he does fantastic, and everyone's like, oh, my, my goodness, Jose Barrios. It inflates his points for the whole year, and then I, I'm just not a fan. Yeah, I think I'm about the same. I, I agree, definitely very savvy uh, roster management from Nate getting getting rid of two guys so that he could throw in Bryce Harper without dropping someone, uh, like bring, bring Harper off of the IL. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, Merrill Kelly is going to, is going to be like, solid probably maybe like a two-start week kind of guy that that brendan can mix in uh and tanner hauk is interesting because he has the sparp eligibility jose barrios i think you summed it up well he he has a great start or two every year and is kind of middling or or like he was last year just really bad and so far this year really bad save for that one really good start that happened right before the trade. So yeah, I I agree. I think Brendan gets the edge on this one. Same deal, just getting new faces on his pitching staff. Um and both Merrill Kelly and Tanner Hauk I think are gonna be improvements on, on right, what's been happening already. Yeah. So Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into Jerry's Deep Dive April edition. Uh, this is the segment where I take a look at some of the uh, scoring trends to over the past month. And for this one, it is the first month of the season and we discuss. So let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, I went and looked at the the scoring so far, and I've determined, and people can free, feel free to disagree with me, but I've kind of organized the teams into uh, a couple distinct tiers in terms of scoring so far. 
the first one, the teams to beat, like I mentioned before. We've got Mike so far has scored 1,319 and a half points. JC, who has 1,245.1 points. And Scott at 1229.7. These teams have been fairly consistent and outpaced the the other group the other groups by by a bit so i i think they deserve to be in a tier of their own moving on to the next one the contenders i'm calling it that would be jake at 1103.9 jordan at 1097.2 sam at 1071.5 and nate rounding out this tier at 1069.7 and then after that, we've got the outsiders, the teams on the outside looking in, uh, chance to contend, but not quite there yet. We've got Nick Lee at 1039 even, League Villain Nick Endries at 1036.4, and then myself a little bit behind the other two, but still breaking 1,000 at 1,005.2. And then... In rounding out the league, the bottom feeders tier that I have here, Eddie at 939.2, the uh, the ever-gombered uh, roster, and then Brendan, who you can make an argument belongs in another tier below this one with the, uh, the season from hell, as he called it today, uh, at... 725.9 uh, a note on that later but my question uh, for us to think about and discuss on these tiers how real are some of these early results who do you think is most likely to move up move down and stay put come next deep dive so who's who's going to make some moves here who's gonna rise to the occasion who's gonna fall off who's gonna keep it going uh in the overall scoring after the first two months of the season uh we're gonna start with uh a move up pick uh jordan why don't you go first i have sam as my move up pick i'm looking at his roster and i just i don't see any weak point Really? I mean, you could say maybe a little bit in the bullpen. Um, he's getting Justin Verlander back this week or next week. Um, and the offense, I mean, which we'll get into in a little bit. I mean, there is just from top to bottom, I do not see a spot where I'm like, man, this guy should not be starting on his team. Um, the fact that he's two and six right now is just insane to me. I didn't look and see who he's played already. Um but I could definitely see him taking that step forward and becoming either towards the upper part of the contenders as opposed to the bottom part of the, the contenders bracket or even into that, that top area. I think, um, I think that Blake Snell is going to be a big point in that because, I mean, the rest of his starters, Castile, uh, Gallon, Rasmussen, and, and Verlander, if he can get Snell um, to kind of stop being mediocre to start the season, I think that Sam's going to, be a team that nobody really wants to face all right i'm i'm gonna kind of cheat and mush my two picks for move up and move down together here and then we'll go to your move down my move up pick 
is Jake, and I pick Jake because of my move down pick. Uh, I pick Jake because I think he is the most likely to overtake JC uh, in the top tier, where JC moves down into the contenders tier out of that top spot. Uh, I think JC has so- shown some signs of weakness. Lodolo's looks shaky. Um, and he was a big part of the the early breakout for for JC, and he just hasn't been as consistent as the other two guys, Mike and Scott, in that tier. And I think Jake is is closest to that tier in scoring, and I think he can. Jake knows how to improve his team. He's already done so a good bit to start the season uh, through the waiver wire and so on. And I think he has some some kind of late slow starters uh, in his in his lineup, like uh, Corbin Burns um, and others to who who I think should probably stabilize a bit moving forward. And I think we'll give him the edge over over a team like JC's uh and and move him up who jordan do you have for your your move down i have uh myself as a possible move down candidate um i think that which we'll touch on pitchers and hitters later on i think that my hitters can stay steady but this the pitching staff in my opinion is really unpredictable right now um i've had shaky starts from alec manoa um senga has uh, started off really strong, but then kind of has fizzled in the last couple starts. Um, and the pitch, my relief pitchers just um, are not really pitching that much. Like Fairbanks, the, the Rays are just blowing everybody out that he doesn't get a lot of saver opportunities. Um, so I think that that pitching could ultimately um, push me down into the outsiders category just because it's really difficult to, to bounce back if a pitcher has a bad week. Um, and I just have a lot of um a lot of like sp2 sp3 guys i don't really have that that ace i can rely on at the moment yeah i mean anything can happen i think that having a the the hitting core the lineup that you have i think gives you a pretty good floor but i think you're right like uh, an unpredictable pitching staff can especially like over the course of the month can kind of hurt your your overall numbers um let's go ahead and do who do you think is going to stay put and stick in the tier that they are in i wrote um i wrote mike's team which i know that he's the top scorer right now but again up and down the lineup there's just not a lot of guys who you're not who you question why they're in the lineup um I like that he just moved Otani to pitching, um, which is, I mean, not to say that Otani is a bad hitter, but he's been putting up incredible pitching numbers. So I think that his pitching staff's really going to boost up, especially after making that trade with Brendan. Um, being able to replace, what was it, Alex Cobb and Lucas Lilito with, um, with Shohei Otani is a pretty good, uh, pretty good deal, if you ask me. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. I I almost I I had Mike written down, but just in case you took Mike, 
I figured I'd talk about someone else. And I'm going to go on the other end, and I'm going to say this is probably not a hot take in the slightest, but I'm going to say that Brendan is going to still be in the bottom feeders area uh, come next month. Um, I mean, he's just so far behind already to start the year and um you know musgrove came back he had a start in mexico city which apparently is like course field on steroids so you can't really fault him too too much for a bad start there but um i mean that's a lot of heavy lifting for one pitcher to do uh for brendan's staff um the trades are probably going to help but i don't know that it's going to be I don't really know that it's going to be enough. Um, and his his hitting has also kind of slowed down after after the first couple weeks. Um, plus, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. See, are you basing it off of total points for, or are you basing it off of points in May? Because I think that, not to pick on Brendan here, but I think that it's going to be very likely that, that Brendan will be one of, if not the lowest team in points for, for the entire season, just because of the slow start that he had. I mean, he has to make up 200 points just to just pass Eddie, but that doesn't mean in my opinion that Brendan cannot pick up some ground in the standings with a couple of good weeks in a row with a new pitching staff. Well, uh, certainly in the standings, he can make some noise, but yeah, I, I'm basing this off of overall. Yeah. Overall okay. points I see. This. I see that now then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, plus you gotta think like we just got news today that Rodon is, is facing a delay in his rehab. So, I mean, that, that's going to sting. We were expecting to have him back sooner, uh, to help Brennan out. So that's why I said, like, it's really probably not a hot take at all. He's got so much ground to make up to even pass the next guy ahead of him in his own tier, let alone, past some of the the other guys uh in the outsiders uh, let alone the contenders so um so yeah that's my that's my pick for stay put i agree with mike though like like i said he's on a mission from god uh to embarrass me and i think also to just punish all of us for changing his name to to that's really happens funny and really when good name. yeah but uh, he's he's getting his revenge anyways, whether we deserved it or not. The rules are the rules, but also he's getting his revenge. So <laughs> uh, I promised a note, speaking of Brendan, uh, the previous uh, worst start to a season in the fan tracks era. I didn't go back and look at ESPN. I can't see that stuff. Um, the previous worst start was 733 points from Eddie in 2021. And to remind everyone, Brendan is at 725.9. So in the fan tracks era, Brendan has the, the worst start through the first four matchups. Um, we'll be, we'll be monitoring that. I'll have to look and see who over like the course of the full season was like lowest in points to see to see what Brendan has to do to avoid a a full season of, of you know the season from hell as he as he put it speaking of history however 
Uh, I took a look, and in 2022, last season, only six teams were over 1,000 points for the first four matchups. In 2021, there were seven. So two years ago, seven. Last year, six. This year, with a whopping 10 teams over 1,000 points to start this year, it's clear that scoring is way up. What do you think could be the cause of this? And what do you and do you think it's sustainable, Jordan? I'll go to you. Uh, the bigger bases are causing um, an increased amount of stolen bases, which as a result are then increasing uh, points. So far this year, we've had 572 stolen base points in the first month of the year. Um, I'm not sure if we count projections up until the end of our regular season or the end of baseball's regular season, but um, hypothetically going to the end of uh, end of September, we're going to have 3,400 points from stolen bases omitting uh, caught stealings. Last year, we had um, 1,926 stolen base points. So, I mean, that's a, a really significant amount. And spreading that across the board uh, is really causing an increase in scoring. And, um, you know, the Pirates, for example, they have 41 stolen bases on the year. Last year, they had 89 so a month into the season they've um they're almost halfway to last year's entire total and it's not like the pirates were bad at stealing bases last year i saw that they were eighth in the uh in the national league so yeah great great call out there jordan i i should have expected i should have expected the the dean of the walk institute of research to really do his hashtag research on this one but uh before the podcast today, Jordan kind of tipped his hand that this was the the way he was going with this, uh, looking at stolen bases, and it, it inspired me to to look a bit deeper as well. I mean, the I made the segment; it's called the deep dive, and Jordan dove deeper than I was diving. So I I, I had went to, into the lab of deep diving. Indeed, he, I I had we have to, a giant swimming pool where we do deep diving. Yeah, I had to up my game. I I. I took a look and so far Mike has Mike is leading the way. I don't know if you mentioned that uh, with a hundred points in stolen bases. So 50 total, two points a piece last year, he was last place for the whole season with 110 points. So he is six stolen bases away from passing uh, his last place mark from last year. So definitely wow. stolen bases is way up. Um, and I also took a look this year's total points between all the teams is 12,882 and a half. Last season through the first four weeks, it was 12, 12,138.1 points for a difference of 744.4 points. So uh, if you if you extract a, a team between the two years, they would have outscored Brendan so far this season. Wow. Uh, <laughs> to me, it's got to be, I think stolen bases is definitely a part of it. That's a, that's a great pick, Jordan. Um, and I think it's got to be just the overall offensive increase to start the year. A lot more, a lot of people just getting on base and stealing those bases. Um, and if last year's weather trend holds, where offense was kind of down to start last year with 
with the new ball and a lot of cold weather. Um, I, I think it it should definitely this increase in scoring should definitely be sustainable. If anything, some of the the power guys who are maybe lagging behind and not not seeing as much of an offensive increase because they're not like putting the ball on the ground, getting it through the infield and stuff like that, uh, which is like the main source of the increased offense, uh, I would think so far this year. Uh, once those guys start catching up in, in warmer weather, assuming that that's going to happen again this season, like it did last year, um, if anything, scoring should continue to go up. So I, I think it's definitely sustainable, sustainable what we're seeing so far this year. Um, and then in in addition to like the raw numbers of it all, I, I think once again, this season, the league as a whole has taken a step up in terms of competitiveness. I think we're all collectively just making smarter decisions in terms of drafting, waiver ads, lineup changes, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, good job, everyone. We're, we're doing a great job to, to start the year. Uh, now, uh, moving on to the hitting and pitching breakdown. I'm not going to read out all the points for this. Uh, I'll just read them in order of their rankings. We'll start with hitting. The order is Scott, Mike, Jordan, JC, Sam, Nick Lee, Brendan, Jake, Nate, Eddie, Nick Andres, and in last place in hitting, myself. Big sad. Uh, and then over in pitching, we have first place Mike, then JC, myself in third, Nate, Jake, Nick Andres, Scott, Jordan, Sam, Nick Lee, Eddie, and in last place, Brendan. I'm realizing that I put these in my notes as bullet points instead of numbered points, which is a big mistake by me. Next time I'll have this, I'll have this figured out and I will read them by rank instead of just the names in order. Um, but ignoring that, we'll move on and uh, we'll start with hitting. Uh, Jordan, which roster do you think is the most surprising? And this could be good surprising or it could be bad surprising. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about Sam's team again. I, I know I touched on his offense earlier, but I, I'm surprised at how good it is just because of how bad um, Max Muncy has been uh, last year. I should say last year, how bad Max Muncy was. He got Sam's gotten a huge bounce back from him. Um, who would have thought that Andrew McCutcheon would be a huge piece um, on Sam's team, especially in a really shallow left field. Um, and also the, the emergence of Nico Horner um, has been, has been great for him. He's getting a lot of points. Um, a lot of points for Sam as well. So a lot of, a lot of kind of later picks are, are panning out for Sam so far. Yeah, great call, great call outs on those players. He's definitely got got a few breakouts or re breakouts in the case of Max Muncie uh, on that offense. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about a disappointment now. Before I catch any flack for this, I had the power chair this week. And I could have abused it. I could have abused it horribly. But I'm choosing just this one moment to talk about my team because I had a lot higher expectations for my for my hitters to start the year. Um, in the first 
10 rounds, I spent seven of those picks on hitters. And other than keeping Jacob deGrom in the fourth, I didn't draft a single starting pitcher. Uh, and then the other two were relief pitchers, Felix Bautista and Josh Hader. Those picks were fine. But my first round pick, Manny Machado, off to a dreadful start to the year. Third round pick, uh, George Springer, also also really sluggish to, to start the season. Um, and like to a lesser extent, Gunnar Henderson, Lars Newtbar was out for the for like the first week and a half after getting injured on opening day. It like I said, I invested a lot into hitting this this year, and that was by design. I was keeping a lot of pitchers. That was the whole plan. And then now I'm last place in hitting after after the whole idea was to have a really <laughs> good lineup to back up my my pitchers that I kept feels real bad and I just I just had to get that off my chest you know it's it it was a rough time um so um we'll go ahead and move on to pitching and talking about our surprises there in a moment after a word from our sponsors. Thank you very much to our sponsors. And we are back and we're going to talk about surprises for pitching staffs and top scoring in that category. Jordan, take it away. Uh, I had Eddie as my biggest surprise. Uh, just, just disappointed in how it's panned out so far for him. I know that he doesn't really have a, a steady bullpen piece. In fact, he he's now starting for uh, four Sparps, which which I love to see actually. Um, but it's just been it's just been the inconsistency with Chris Sale. I mean, we all expected him to come back, and I, I guess it's unfair that we would have expected um, the Chris Sale of like four or five years ago. Um, but he's just been so inconsistent. I think that he's going to be such a big piece in getting Eddie out of the bottom because if you look at his starting pitching staff i mean it, it's so difficult to see garrett cole beyond the second worst pitching staff um especially with um you know javier christian javier who you and jake talked about being this huge sleeper keeper um and he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible either i'm, I'm just looking at this this roster full of of dudes and it's it's just disappointing to see that it hasn't fully come into fruition yet yeah that's a good call out my surprise for pitching uh who i think has exceeded my expectations is our pitching leader mike um i mean i've 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 slandered his team enough i'm not i'm not going there again but we all know I wasn't I wasn't super super hype about his pitching staff, um, but he's getting the job done on the back of two really good sparps, uh, at least so far this year. And you say Kikuchi and Seth Lugo, who went undrafted. Um, looking at his opening day roster, like the the closer that you want as your I, at least I kind of want like one 
solid closer as my rock in the bullpen. His was Alex Lang for Detroit. I think I don't I don't think Lang is on a roster right now. Let me let me check here. Someone has he, him. He's still on Mike's team. Okay. He's just on the bench. I think I've I think I saw him be dropped and picked up at least once. I could be wrong about that. But still, like Alex Lang is not like a, a big name as a closer. Um, and I think the other surprise is that for a couple weeks now, he's been putting up these numbers without Brandon Woodruff, who is a guy that like you you expect him to be good. And I certainly did uh, to start the year as well. But he lost him already and Woodruff's going to be out for a while, but Mike's pitching staff just keeps chugging along. Uh, like I said, a mission from God. He's getting his revenge on the league. And I think I just want to stay out of the way for now. I was going to have Mike as my biggest surprise, but I touched on it earlier when we were talking about talking about points is he has the best pitching staff and he's not even in up until this week starting Shohei Otani at, at pitching. I mean, it just, it's been an incredible job by Mike's pitching staff to not have like, I mean, besides Garrett Cole, arguably the best start to the season for a pitcher and Shohei Otani. So just great job, Mike. Yeah. And I mean, Clayton Kershaw is looking like his old self. And I mean, for the good of baseball, I hope he stays healthy and that back doesn't bother him this year um for for the good of the league and the the pain that mike is trying to inflict on all of us i i hope that back acts up at an at a you know what actually no i take that back i don't i don't want to poke the bear no kershaw should stay healthy mike deserves the world that's that's where i'm that's my stance officially uh lastly and i'm looking at my notes right now and i I forgot to write something down for this. So I'm just going to wing it. Uh, but I'll let you go first so that I can think real quick. We're going to do May predictions. Who will be the top overall scorer for the month of May only? And who will be the top pitching staff and hitting lineup? Jordan, go ahead and give me your picks while I figure out what the heck I'm doing. Uh, I have... Scott as the highest team and the highest batting. And I have Justin as the highest pitching. I wanted to talk briefly about Justin's Justin's pitching staff because um, we haven't really talked too much about Justin, um, how solid his starting rotation is. I mean, if he can get um, even like one, one of Lodola, Morton, and, and Steele to really be, and Steele already has been really good. Um, I mean, he has such quality starting pitching. I mean, when you have Darvish, Gosman, and and Ryan, I I don't even know what order you would put them in. I mean, they're all playing excellent right now. Um, so if he can just get uh, Justin Steele to continue to play at the level he has been, and and one of Lodolo and Morton, I mean, he's he's going to really be a really hard team to beat, and he already has been. Did you you gave you gave all three right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. Scott so just to recap that was Scott overall for uh, Scott for overall and hitting and JC for pitching yes all right I'm I'm gonna cheat a little bit and I'm also taking Scott overall 
but I'm going to take Scott in pitching. This is, I, I think, probably a little bit bold, but I think, I think that Dustin May got off to a really hot start and kind of faltered a little bit. George Kirby still has a very high floor, but some, some potential still to tap into. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Scott. I think that some of his younger pitchers have an even stronger breakout uh, in May and propel him to a pitching victory uh, for the month. And for hitting, um, I'm gonna go ahead. And I thought about this one much less. Um, hmm. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and pick. I'm gonna pick Brendan for hitting. I, I think that with the change of scenery, I, I think that probably seeing how the pitching staff was performing, uh, the the sluggish last couple weeks that his hitting has been experiencing was probably due to demoralization. And now that they've got some fresh faces, they've got Musgrove back. That should improve things. Uh, the clubhouse is just going to be generally, generally excited and and get Brendan to where he needs to be. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Jerry's deep dive. Thank you, Jordan, for participating in the deep dive with me and diving just as deep, if not deeper. Uh, we'll move on now to. I buried it in here somewhere. We'll move on now to our bonus around the league segment that I teased earlier, the owner awards. This year, we're gonna start doing monthly awards for who did the best job improving their team via three categories. The first being the waiver warrior for, waiver, for waivers and ads, the trade titan award for improving their team with trades and the lineup legend for sits and starts now uh let me preface this by saying if anyone has better name suggestions i just went with alliteration because that's fun but if anyone has good ideas i'm all ears let me know in the group chat or via private text whichever you prefer uh let's get a go ahead and get started with uh, our picks for Waiver Warrior. Jordan, I'll let you go first. Um, the 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 person that I chose for the Waiver Warrior actually has not pitched for this person's team yet. It is from Scott's team, but I just think it, it was such a great ad that I'm excited about it. Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Is it is it Yenier Cano? That um, sounds good enough for to me. <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles relief pitcher. Um, Currently has a zero ERA and a zero whip. Um, and for someone that maybe pitches one inning or two innings in the month, that might seem like not a big deal, but he's been their primary set of men. He has a lot of holds um, and really being able to anchor in the bullpen for Scott. I mean, I know that it's not, he's not going to not walk anybody or not give up a hit forever, but I mean, this is a guy that, you can just get super excited about. And whenever I saw that Scott added him as I was about to add him, I was very upset. Um, so I think that's going to be a really good one for Scott. Yeah, that was that I, I went with a little bit of a, 
a different approach. You you picked Scott because he had one really good pick that you're excited about. I'm going to pick Jake because I think he made a lot of ads and drops over the, the first month of the season to really do a great job of improving his team. And I think he did that well in uh, also in the bullpen like Scott did with Cano. Uh, I said after the draft, I thought, you know, Jake was going to be really challenged with how he drafted reliever to to really work the waiver wire and put together a good bullpen. And I think he did just that. Um, you know, he's got, I believe, I did not pull his team. I had Scott's team pulled up. And of course, of course, Fantrax is being slow while I'm trying to change pages. There we go. Uh, AJ Puck, I believe, was an ad early on. Um, he's been pretty good for that bullpen. Eric Swanson, another one, um, as well as Will Smith, who looks like he's probably going to be the he, – he could be the closer in Texas with how bad LeClerc has been struggling to start the year. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he's just done a, a great job repairing what was – I think he would agree a – a bad bullpen that he that he drafted. I mean, he was missing two guys to start the season. So that is my pick, uh, Jake, for the waiver warrior. Uh, moving on to the trade Titan uh, for the team that improved their, for the owner who improved their team the most via trades. Jordan, I'll throw it over to you. Um, it was it was very difficult to pick just because there weren't a lot of a lot of big trades so far to start the year. But I, I wrote Brendan just because um, I think that that what he did in the last week was really good for his pitching staff. I I was looking at now I decided not to consider the last two trades for this one, and I will consider them for next month's awards because the last two trades were for matchup five. So they did not, those players who swap teams will not play for their new team in the month of April uh, in the first four matchups. So I just went with the first three. So I went with Nick Andres, I guess, because I I think picking up, um, I know he was like cycling through catchers and he, uh, picked up Alejandro Kirk, and of the the couple of people who had who did get traded in those first four matchups, um, he's probably got the most apparent keeper value, even though it's not a ton. Again, trades was really tough to to start the year, and um, it really slow, really kind of boring. Um, but yeah, I'll give my trade Titan pick to Nick Andres. Uh, moving right along to our final award lineup legend, uh, Jordan, who did you have for the owner who improved their team, gave themselves the best chances to win by sit and start decisions? Um, I am going with a negative award for this one. Um, and I'm giving this negative award to Nick Lee. 
for taking so long to start Cody Bellinger, who has been off to an incredible start lately. Um, I would have put him in my lineup like two or three weeks ago. Um, so I'm just giving the bad vibes to Nicholas. Wow, uh, a lineup, a lineup loser, if you will. Lineup loser. Um, for this one, I I cheated a little bit. I guess we didn't say that you couldn't give multiple awards to the to the same person. I went with Jake as well because it, it just kind of goes hand in hand with the waiver stuff. He's had to make a lot of decisions as to who he's starting in his relief spots and. Uh, he's he's done well thus far in making those decisions, um, sticking at six and two to start the year. So good on Jake. Uh, to recap, my picks were waiver warrior Jake, uh, trade titan Nick Andrees, and lineup legend also Jake. Uh, Jordan, your picks were waiver warrior Scott. Uh, trade Titan Brendan for the last two trades that he snuck in before the podcast and uh, a lineup loser, if you will, for Nick Lee for not starting Cody Bellinger earlier. Great picks. Hope you guys liked the segment. It'll be back as well uh, as uh, Jerry's deep dive next month after we finish uh, the matchups that are predominantly in the month of May. Uh, We'll see how things shake out over the next month and very excited to revisit this. Moving on to the week five preview. Uh, Pick for best matchup. Oh, I've been making you go first all night, Jordan. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, give my pick for best matchup. I've got Nate versus Mike. I think they're probably the two most evenly matched although i just spent all this time talking up up mike but i I think nate still has a pretty good team and he is in the conversation of teams who are more likely to beat the teams to beat and that's mike so jordan your pick Uh, mine was sam versus scott I, I've talked about it basically the entire podcast, how much I, I like Sam's team. And so I'm just excited to see him go up against Scott with his with Verlander coming back um, and just hoping that I can see a really good matchup out of that. All righty. Now our thing to watch for, I'll go, I'll go first again for this one. I'm going to echo, uh, I believe it was Jake on the last podcast who said, Watch out for trades. He was right. There were some trades this week. We we got some some action to talk about on this podcast. But I think like like you said, Jordan, we're still waiting for that icebreaker, like blockbuster trade to really get things kicked off. So continue to pray for our fallen brother, the trade market. Uh, Jordan, your thing to watch for in matchup five. You, you kind of touched upon it earlier, Jerry, when, when you were saying the, the narrative of the season is starting to form. I'm looking at hot streaks or breakouts. The, the calendar has flipped. We're in a new month. It's easy to have a good start to the season, but it's hard to have a good season. I'm looking at which, what early season breakout candidates will start to fade away and which will continue to be, continue to be elite. 
Excellent call out. I, I mentioned it on uh, an earlier podcast, but um, I, I remember last year, I'm going to, I think I've mentioned him a couple times on the podcast now, but Eric Lauer was a great breakout uh, drafted in, in the very last round last year. I thought he was the, the second coming. He was going to be one of the elite keepers and he ended up getting drafted later than his his keeper value this this season so anything can happen you you might feel like you're sitting on a pot of gold right now uh and it it you know turns into lucky charms or 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 whatever um uh on to matchup predictions uh the records so far jake uh jake uh jc and i all went five and one last week a stellar week in which we picked all of the same all of the same matchups i didn't actually look to see which was the one that we got wrong uh i'll put that in the show notes in in the group chat later um nearly a perfect week off by one but now jake is 16 and 8 I am still but one game ahead of him at 17 and 7 and the guest maintaining a really great win percentage at 14 and 4. Uh fan tracks went 4 and 2 so we gained we all gained a game on fan tracks they are currently at 16 and 8. Now the matchup predictions first let's look at Scott versus Sam. Uh Jake picked scott and fantrax has sam to win this one jordan who did you go with i picked scott for this one i picked scott as well uh i just i i think he's been one of the most consistent in that top tier um second maybe to mike who's just been tearing the cover off the ball and eating people alive uh next matchup league villain nick Andres versus eddie Jordan, who do you have? I have the league villain, Nick Andres. I also picked the league villain. We'll see if the struggles can end for Eddie, but I'm going to bet against him for now. Uh, Jake also had league villain Nick as well as Fantrax taking the league villain in this one. The next one, Nate versus Mike, my pick for matchup of the week. Uh, Jake had... Mike Fantrax also had Mike. I'm going with Mike just so that I can gain some favor and maybe not get steamrolled next time. Jordan, who did you pick? I'm picking Nate for this one. I think that um, the rain delay uh, for Spencer Strider and making him a two-start guy against Mike is really going to do a lot of benefit for Nate. All righty. The next matchup is myself versus Nick Lee. Jake has me winning this one. Fantrax has Nick Lee. Jordan, who did you take? I took Nick Lee. Uh, I am going to go with myself on this one. I have uh, a much better volume outlook this week as compared to last week. Um, and I think I have a lot of cushy matchups with my starters. So that is why I'm going with myself. But again, as always, not about winning. It's just about hopefully Manny Machado has a good week outside of Mexico City and in my starting lineup. That's that's really what we all want. And by we all, I mean me. Next matchup, Brendan versus you, Jordan. Uh, Jake had 
Jake has Jordan. Fantrax has Jordan. I have Jordan. Jordan. I have Brendan winning this one. Oh my goodness gracious! Why is that? I, I've texted I've texted Jerwin about this for the last couple of weeks, where I've been eyeing up the fact that Brendan would be zero and eight going for zero and ten against me, and I just have a message for Brendan here. I know how hard it is to go zero and ten because I am the only person in re- in the league who can relate to the issues that you are having right now, Brendan. When I started the season zero and ten in twenty twenty. I don't remember much. I don't know if I struggled putting up points or if I was ever close to the median. But my team had like 15 players go on the IL in like five weeks. It was absolutely awful. So I know it basically everything has to go wrong. And I think that like you haven't had a lot of injuries. It's just been a really slow start. And I think that with his revamped pitching staff, that Brendan will beat me, especially considering how hard it is to win when you only have five starts like I do this week. Um, And of course, you know, I'm picking this before um, Brendan had a complete game shutout turn into a blown save loss, but I still think that he can pull it out. Well, I I almost had uh, as my thing to watch for as someone will lose to Brendan at some point this season, it has to happen. Like no one's gone winless in head to head in our league. Um, I think the worst, I, I forget the guy's name, but it was like 2017 or something. Someone won one game all year, but someone's going to lose to, to Brendan's team. That is the worst in the league so far. It's just a question of who and when it's going to happen. I just have a feeling. I mean, like I said, I, I know what it takes to go 0 and 10, and I don't think this is an 0 and 10 team. Uh, moving on, though, to the final matchup Jake versus JC. Jake took himself. Fantrax takes JC. I'm going to side uh, with Fantrax on this one and take JC. Jordan, who I'm also are taking you taking? Justin. I'm, not, I'm taking Justin. A broken tie. Jake left alone, picking himself. Uh, out on a limb uh hope it goes poorly for him so that i can continue to beat him in the predictions this year uh news and notes let's move on to this final segment here we have some players to talk about first returns folks coming off the il or suspensions uh over the since the last episode uh and or going into this week uh the big one obviously bryce harper uh, i think in the notes here says might be back but i believe that's been confirmed uh max scherzer is coming off of his absurd suspension justin verlander should make his season debut tim anderson tony gonsolin michael harris the second and joe musgrove returned last week uh, Jordan, who do you think makes the the biggest impact right away? Uh, and then for for which team which team is the one that benefits the most from these returns? I mean, I think the biggest benefit would be Joe Musgrove for Brendan. But I mean, how can you not be excited about about Bryce Harper coming back? I mean, I know that Nate is excited because he he texts about it every three hours <laughs> in the group chat. But I mean. It's crazy to think about going into the draft um, 
me and I, I'm sure everybody else had the mindset that like, if he's back by the all-star break, then that's a, a quick recovery. Um, and, and the fact that he's back now on, on May 2nd um, is, is very, very impressive. And so it, just thinking about if, if you would have known that he would have been out only a month, how much earlier in the draft he would have gone. Because, I mean, thinking about it, Nate got a first-round grade for fifth round just missing a month. Yeah, definitely, definitely looks really good for Nate. Now, I will say I, I'm not going to bet on Bryce Harper right away, perhaps in the long term and certainly with the keeper value that he's going to have, he'll he'll be a big impact. But um, Shohei Otani, when he had Tommy John, now obviously he had Tommy John because he was pitching like that's what caused the injury, not, you know, being an outfielder. But Shohei Otani also returned fairly quickly. I don't think it was nearly this quickly. Um, but uh, Shohei wasn't like MVP all-star like he is now when he returned from Chami John. It, it took him a while to get back um, to get back to, to what we know now. Now, Bryce Harper's a future Hall of Famer that could be just totally wrong. And he just comes back and just continues to tear the cover off the ball. I mean, he had this injury all last year and played, played through it. He, he only went on the IL, I think for a thumb. So, I mean, it, it could easily not affect him at all. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say Justin Verlander, I think is going to be the biggest, have the biggest effect right away. Um, I, I, Especially for Sam and his pitching staff, I think he's been he's been missed uh, there. Moving on to call ups, um, I hope I didn't miss anyone because there's been a bunch this week, and I'm very excited to talk about it. Tanner Bibby for the Guardians, he's a starting pitcher. Gavin Stone, a Dodgers starting pitcher. Brandon Fat, I know it's Fat, but Fat is just a great time. Uh, he's starting on Wednesday. It's Fat Wednesday, y'all. Vendredi Gras for you f- French folks out there. Uh, Diamondback starting pitcher Louis Varland for the Twins, also a starting pitcher. And Bryce Miller, if you haven't been paying attention to the group chat recently, uh, the Mariners starting pitcher. Uh, same thing. Who do you see having the biggest impact uh as they get called up, Jordan. Well, first, I just want to ask Nate why he made that video of him putting uh, Bryce Miller in his lineup, a screen record, and then he cowered out away in fear and started uh, Jose Barrios over him. Um, very, very disappointing. Nate, he should have had the stones to start Bryce Miller. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited for... Um, for, for Bibby, I mean, we saw his first start already, and, and he had a ton of strikeouts. Um, so I, I think I'm, I'm most excited to see him continue. Um, but also fought, I think that besides the Pirates, I think that Arizona is the biggest, like, surprise team this year. Maybe, um, like, I, I don't really consider, like, the Orioles a big surprise team because we saw them be good and almost make playoffs last year. But um, it's it, it'll be exciting to get 
see the Diamondbacks get a, a, a good young pitcher in there. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Tanner Bibby and Fott, I think, are, or, or Bybee, I have no idea. There, there's some it, yeah. interesting pronunciations for these call-ups. Uh, yeah, Bybee, Bibby, and Fott, I think, are the most interesting to me. Gavin Stone with the Dodgers, like the Dodgers have a great reputation. Louis Varlin, hadn't heard of until today. Maybe he'll be good. Maybe he won't. Uh, we're, we're like in that weird portion of the season where like a lot of the names that I do know aren't getting called up yet because they're waiting until later in the year. And then like a bunch of guys who I haven't heard of who might be good are getting caught up now. Uh, probably should have done more research, but that happens. And of course, you know, watch out for Bryce Miller. He's Nate, Nate has him as the next Spencer Strider. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out for him. Let's move now finally to injuries and folks who got sent down. Uh, Robbie Ray is out for the year with a flexor strain. Uh, Jacob deGrom is out with an elbow. Shocker. Uh, Tyler Malley also out with an elbow and he is shut down from throwing for four weeks. Uh, Carlos Rodon was in the news with a setback on the forearm strain recovery that he is having. Luis Garcia was put on the IL with an elbow. And then the two send downs from last week in the, the wild rivalry matchup, Taj Bradley sent to the minors and Jordan Walker also sent down. Uh, Jordan, who do you think is the most impactful loss? Who, who should we feel the most pity for in terms of uh, team owners? I mean, we can, we can feel some pity for the Dean here. Uh, Robbie Ray, the second ever draft pick for the Walk Institute of Research out for the year. We owe a great deal of thanks to Robbie Ray for our, uh, our run to the, to the championship last year. Um, so obviously going to miss him. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, what are, what are the Rays doing with, with Todd Bradley? I mean, are they just sending him up and down every single week? Because I mean, didn't they do this like two or three times already? Yeah, they're they're being the Rays. Uh, I think the thing I saw on him, and I could be wrong, this might have been someone else, but I think what I saw was they needed to send him down to get onto a five-day schedule, whereas he was on a six-day schedule before. I don't know why you got to send him down for that. I don't know. It's uh, it's weird roster and probably some like service time manipulation stuff. It's the Rays. Yeah. They do this. So uh, that uh, wraps things up for this episode, uh, but we would be remiss having a guest on and forgetting to do uh, the airing of grievances. And Jordan and I know you're excited for this one. Close us out, air your grievances. And uh, from, from Jake and I, peace out. We'll see you next week. Jordan, take I it away. I um I just have a, a complaint with the podcast. You know, the 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 O meters, which are, is everybody's favorite segment. I just feel like it's getting a little um not boring, but I feel like there's way too many four through sixes. You guys gotta take a hard stand. If you think someone sucks, give them a two. If you think someone's really good, give them a nine. There's there's way too much middle ground. 
you gotta you gotta take a stand and be proud of that stand. <laughs>